Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have Chris Brandt with me, who is the CMO of Chipotle. Chris, hi and welcome to the show. Thank you, Nadine. I'm happy to be here. I am happy that you're here too. Uh, We've had such a fun time talking about your role already. And uh, before I start with any new questions, why don't we take a moment and have you share with the audience what you're up to now at Chipotle and uh, why you decided to take that on? Yeah. So right now I'm the chief marketing officer for Chipotle. It's a very exciting time for the brand. I think that there's a whole new leadership team that's here. And our goal is really to make this brand not just a food brand, but a lifestyle brand. I think that Chipotle really did a great job when it was founded 25 years ago in really redefining what food could and should be. And I think this is a true purpose-driven brand, which I'm really excited about. And the purpose of this brand is to cultivate a better world, and they do it with via food with integrity. And so we are in the process of growing this great brand and we want to make it a lifestyle brand. And what do I mean by a lifestyle brand? A brand people want to be a part of, a brand people not just don't just want to buy, but they want to buy into. And I think that we're really trying to make the real food and real ingredients that Chipotle makes a movement, not just a not just a brand or not just a tagline. And that's an exciting place to be with we think what's what what I think is the best food in the restaurant business, regardless of price. And we've got a great emotional connection to this brand with the consumer already. And I think that if we just continue to drive more awareness and really celebrate the things that may have made Chipotle great, I think that the businesses will be really successful and I think the world will be a better place because of it. Wow. Okay. So much in there that I want to dig into. Um, but first, how long have you been at Chipotle and, uh, and where did you come from last? Yeah, I've been here for about, I think this is uh, month number nine. Before that, I was the chief brand officer for Bloom and Brands, which is Outback, Carabas, Bonefish, and Flemings. Before that, I was the CMO of Taco Bell. Taco Bell. All right. Yeah, you know, I was looking at your background and you've also had uh, stints at General Mills and Coca-Cola. So a lot of great brands in your portfolio. I've been really lucky. It was interesting. My journey started. I, I didn't start out in marketing. I was an economics major in college and I got a job in banking and I worked in 
equity investing and finance for a while. But when I went back to business school at uh, UCLA, I had I had in my last finance jobs, I had been much more on the marketing side and I had started to figure out, hey, I really kind of like trying to figure out what does the consumer want? How do we package up things that kind of meet their needs? And so when I went back to business school, I was determined to find out about this thing called brand management. And I also wanted to maybe explore marketing, but with a tangible product, not just a a financial service or an instrument or something like that. So I ended up uh, getting a job at General Mills. I did an internship actually at Clorox for the summer. And um, I was fortunate enough to get an offer from General Mills. And I went there and I got to work on some great, great brands. Like I worked on a bunch of cereal brands. I worked on Nature Valley. I worked on Yo Play. I worked on Betty Crocker. So it was a really varied experience. And I learned a lot about branding, I think, uh, from there. From there, I went to a brand called Odwalla, which is a high-end juice and bars business that's owned by Coke. And um, at the time, they were running it out of their Houston office where they had the Minute Maid and Simply portfolio. And I, I took that job because previous to this, Nature Valley was probably the best job I'd ever had. And so Odwalla felt like Nature Valley, but earlier in the life cycle. And that was another great experience, being part of the Coke family and and working on Odwalla, which was a bit of a lifestyle brand that we were trying to make bigger. And then um, things kind of reached their natural end there. I got a call from a recruiter about going to Taco Bell. And I had never done retail. I had spent a dozen years in CPG. And I'd always liked Taco Bell. It was a chance kind of to move back to California. And so I took it. And Taco Bell was a, a great experience as well. And I think I got a brand management education at General Mills and at, and at Coke. But I really got a marketing education at Taco Bell. And that was really about retail. And retail is just a different animal than his CPG. It's really, really fast paced. There's a lot of things that are changing on a daily basis. I always say I get an, an IQ test every day. If the daily sales report is up, I'm smart. If it's down, I'm dumb. And so <laughs> we have to fix and we have to adjust as we go. But I think it's a bit like it, it's, it gets in your system and it's super fast paced and every day is different and your hair's on fire, it seems like all the time. But if you like that type of thing, you won't want to work in any other business. So that was great. And then I left there and I went to Bloomin' Brands where I got to kind of oversee a portfolio of brands. And then ultimately, Brian Nickel, who was who's the CEO of Chipotle, who I also worked with at Taco Bell, he came and took the, the CEO job here and asked me if I'd come and, and be the CMO of Chipotle. And this brand was too good to pass up. And we had a chance to build a new culture here. And so I took it and here I am. Wow. Okay. So I've been jotting down some notes on all these fun things that I would love to explore with you uh, in our podcast today. The notion around the lifestyle brand and then also the culture both inside and out um, because those two things definitely go together. But before we do that, you mentioned something to me that you made me laugh uh, very hard out loud. And you said you came from finance, not marketing math. Can you <laughs> explain what you mean by that? Oh, yeah. That's one of my, uh, my pet peeves is when someone will tell me about marketing math because I've had a lot of math in my background. I have run big, big spreadsheets. And so I feel like I can run with anybody on the spreadsheet piece. And I think an underappreciated part of marketing is you got to know your numbers. You need to know what's happening. And this marketing math is a derogatory term that finance people use as if your, your numbers are not reasonable. And I just find, I, I just, I think that diminishes the overall business acumen that marketing needs to have. And I think you need to be a general manager of the company. You need to understand all the implications of what you're doing and what you're marketing in terms of trade-off, in terms of trade of mix. Are you making, are, what are the ROIs? And, and I think increasingly, certainly over the last three or four years, 
you know, there used to be an old adage that half of my money in marketing is wasted. I just don't know which half. That's really not true anymore. And the advancements of attribution and store visits and everything, even over the last, I'd say, 12 to 18 months, have really uh, improved your focus on. Now, marketing is a bit of an art and a science, but I just think when people, it, it, and to, to say that, oh, it's just kind of you're just some fuzzy marketing person walking around is to diminish the real value that marketing brings to the table and the understanding and I think the general management and business acumen that it takes to be a successful CMO today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we've spent a lot of time on CMO moves with a number of CMOs talking about the evolution of marketers in the sense of developing and, and augmenting their financial acumen and how important that is. Uh, so I certainly agree. And and you said something that was really interesting to me too. You said you cannot run a retail business from 30,000 feet. You learned it the hard way. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think this is a detail-oriented business. And you need to be in close and understanding what's going on because there's a lot of little decisions that get made that can take you off track. And so, you know, in some jobs I had actually other senior marketing people reporting to me, it, 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 that's, not a, that's not an excuse to not be involved in a lot of the little details because the devil is in those details. And I think where I wasn't as involved early on in some of the decisions that really led to poorer performance than may have happened if I was at least in there. And the ultimate thing is you're accountable. Uh, I am accountable for everything that goes on. And so I better make sure that I know some of the details of what's going on. That doesn't mean I need to micromanage people. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm always second guessing them. It's just, I want to be more informed than some people in executive positions would like to be, but I need to understand the nuances of the numbers I need to understand the nuances of the trade-offs. And I think um, having the relationships with people, not just the level below me, but two or three levels below me is really important for the organization and for the decision-making to make sure we're all aligned all the time and to develop those people as well. So I don't think it's just, I can sit and manage one layer down. I think you need to really, you need to know everybody in your group and you need to make sure everybody's on the same page and are doing the right things or the, and the things that you think are going to make the brand successful. Excellent. Well, let's talk about the things that you think are going to make the brand successful. You mentioned really creating a lifestyle brand and you also talked about the culture. Um, tell me more. You know, I, I think one of the biggest keys to my success is that I'm a half full kind of person. I always have a really positive outlook and one of my favorite things in life is just to figure out what's funny about this. There's always something funny about whatever happens to you. You're going to get plenty of curveballs and you just have to figure out what's the best thing to do when we have this curveball. And one of my favorite, I, I like quotes. I always like quotes from people because I think that they're really nice way to sum things up. And, you know, I went to UCLA business school. So John Wooden was a quote factory. And one thing that John Wooden said that just really stuck with me my whole life was things work out best for those that make the best of the way things work out. And I think that, you, you know, you have to play the cards you're dealt and play the hands you're dealt. And often it isn't the best, but if you just do the best by that hand and you can try to change the game a little bit through innovation, I think that's the other big part. When we set out here at, at Chipotle to create a little bit of a different culture, I want a culture that is a learning culture and that's agile and it's innovative. Because the one thing that I say to my group all the time is if you're doing your job the same way you did it last year, you're falling behind. Because the world is changing at a rapid clip. In my you know, 20 plus years of experience in marketing, I've never seen 
more disruption in, in an industry than what's going on in the media world right now. I mean, it is just every day there's something new. There's different combinations of people. Everybody's talking about attribution and data and all those things. And so you really have to view that changes and all these changes in the marketplace as an opportunity. And you want people who view that as an opportunity to succeed, not as a problem to be dealt with. And so when we had this new, we had this chance to shape this new culture here, I asked my team to do three things. I want you to be an innovator. I want you to be a storyteller. And I want you to be a collaborator. From an innovation standpoint, I need people who are going to generate ideas. And I'm lucky to hire some of the, my first two hires where people have more ideas in a week than most people have in a year. So I think that you got to put a lot of irons in the fire. You got to figure out what works and we'll pour the gas to what works and we'll pivot away from the things that don't. And I think on the storyteller piece, your brain is hardwired to remember stories. And when I can tell you a story about the brand or people tell me stories about Chipotle, that's one of the best things about this brand is that when anybody finds out you work for Chipotle, they've always got a great story to tell you because there's a lot of emotional involvement with this brand. And why is there an emotional involvement? Because Chipotle sells craveable food that you can feel good about eating. And think about that statement. Most craveable food you don't feel very good about. Most food you feel good about isn't very flavorful and you don't crave it. That's what makes Chipotle magic. The more stories we can tell about this brand, and it has great stories about how we source things, how we treat our employees, then people are just going to want to find out about us. And so I think that that's part of what's being a lifestyle brand is when you're doing things that people want to find out about, people want to be a part of, when the brand's doing fun things, when it has a sense of humor about itself, they want to engage in it. And what's the ultimate test of a lifestyle brand is that, you know, you want to wear that brand as a badge. You want to have clothes that have the Chipotle pepper on it. I think that's what we're hoping to get to. And the final thing is really be it. So be an innovator, be a storyteller, because that's what engages people emotionally. That's what they'll remember. And then finally, I think being a collaborator, you can't do this alone. Everything we do is successful or unsuccessful based upon the team. And I just ask people to share those ideas that they have because one of us is smart, but all of us are a lot smarter and we can make, you know, little ideas seem really big and big ideas colossal if we all work together. So be an innovator, be a storyteller, be a collaborator. That's what I want my team to do in its simplest terms. You know, so far, so good. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, Chris, because we interviewed someone from your team recently, uh, Tressie Lieberman for the yeah. Innovators series and everything you're describing, I mean, came out in Tressie's interview as well. Like the, the, this is how she's living. And, and she was talking about bringing together a summit of partners to come up with all these great ideas and was immediately executing on social within like 30 days. Um, so it's so cool how fast you can iterate. You know, what are some of your most exciting moments so far? Have you been in the role now nine months? Like, what, what are you excited about? You know, I think um, the most impactful day upon me personally at Chipotle was when I did my store training um, in my first month or so. So I spent a few days in the, in the restaurant. And when I went to the opening um, the second day, so, you know, the first day I showed up, um, right before lunch, and we did all that stuff. But the second day, I went to the opening at, you know, the store opens about 730. We don't really open to the consumer until about 1045 or 11. But there were five people in there dicing and chopping all this fresh produce that comes in. The opening of a Chipotle looks more like a farmer's market than any other restaurant I'd ever been a part of. There's whole bags of onions coming in, whole avocados, crates of fruit, whole vegetables that are getting that are getting diced like peppers and onions and those kind of things. It, it was absolutely amazing. And it was just watching these people with culinary skills this is a restaurant. 
this isn't an assembly plant. This is a restaurant where there's real cooking and, you know, there's grilling and it's a multi-sensory experience. And it was, it was so impactful for me because we can talk about fresh food and real ingredients and everything from an intellectual standpoint. But here it was a multi-sensory experience. The first thing I did was I called our agency, Venables, who we work with up in San Francisco. And I said, you guys have got to go do this. And the next week we set them up, they went and did it. And they had the similar experience with me. It was like, man, this is amazing. And so that really led to our creative, that really led to for real as our tagline. And it really set us off on what I think is a really good path because we're about real food, real cooking techniques, real ingredients, real flavor. Real is just better. And it's better for you. It's better for people in general. It's better for the planet. And so that was my, that was my big day. And I think that it really, it was, the, it was the agency's big day where we really kind of got a feel for what this brand is about. And I think that the more we just tell people that story, if I could bring everybody in America into the opening of a Chipotle, I feel like we'd be your number one choice because it's just an amazing experience and the way I think your body was designed to eat and the way food should be. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm having all these like crazy dreams in my head now of you leveraging <clears throat> AR and VR to bring that experience to life. And uh, reminds me of the conversation we were just having, <clears throat> excuse me, right before we got on the phone, which was we're fresh off of CES and just how overwhelming the developments are in, from a technology standpoint. But you were also talking about how massive of an impact that we're having in the media world. You want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on where we are today and where we're going? Yeah, boy, I, I tell you, I wish, I wish I knew kind of where it was going. But I, I will <laughs> say what I think is, is really interesting is now the ability to measure things. We were one of the first people to work with Turner on a paper performance deal on TV. And, you know, that's something that just didn't exist years ago. And I think, you know, I've worked in other brands and on this brand with, we're measuring what happens with true visits to restaurants. And then you can use other means to figure out whether there's incremental visits. So now I'm getting a true, you know, return because before we turn on advertising, uh, an integrated media plan, and you'd see volume go up and which part of it really worked. Well, you really didn't know, but now you can hold control groups aside and you can figure out and you can look at incrementality and I can now measure visits. That's a pretty powerful place to be. And so, again, I think going back to what I mentioned at the beginning, that there's no reason you don't know how to attribute volume and return to the various components of your media plan. Now, some things are there's a little there's a little bit more art than science to it, because, you know, a massive reach vehicle like TV can help everything um, raise its effectiveness. And so there is a little bit of art and science there, but there's a lot of science. And I think you should embrace it. it gets really confusing really quickly. And there's a lot of jargon and things to get thrown around. But. I think that it's a whole new era in being able to do attribution. And I think that in places that really fought it before, like TV, I think are now realizing that, especially with over the top, now there's a lot more people in over the top TV, so you can measure those folks. It's a really incredible time and a transformative time, I think, in the media industry. Um, And then there's other things you have to do, even in media that that you didn't used to have to do. Media used to be campaigns. You turn on your campaign and that's it now with social media and the rise of the web and the internet, you have to be on, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 a year, consumers are engaging with you. And I think that social media is huge. And social media to me is not a place to sell. That's a place to have a conversation with the consumer and a place to celebrate the consumer and a place to talk about your brand personality. And I think brands that try to sell 
versus that are making a mistake because that's not where people don't want to be sold to. They want to know what your brand is about and you should treat your brand like a person. And is this going to be a likable person or not? And everybody's always trying to sell you on something you don't really like very much. And so I think that there's a, there's an art to that too. And you got to kind of find the right people to be on there all the time because you can't oversee them all the time. And so that's come some of a, a kind of a scary place for marketers, but it's a really fun place. And there's some really cool things that are going to come out of that, that you didn't think of. And consumers are going to say things that or make that we might make it hard for you to say, but that, but um, that that's pretty cool too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to see all the new things that you guys are going to be doing this coming year, 2019. So I am curious about one thing though, because as we're talking, you're mentioning so many different skill sets that a marketer needs to be armed with uh, everything from the financial acumen to being able to measure pretty much all your spend if you can, uh, despite what, what platform it's going through and really understanding culture, really understanding how to create a lifestyle brand. Like how does one do it all? I mean, what would be your recommendation or your advice to marketers who are, are still growing? Like, how do they round out their skills? Yeah, my, my first advice is hire really good people <laughs> because <laughs> they, will, they will make you look like a superstar. But I think that, you know, you do need to be a jack of all trades. And I think that you need to have, I, I've been fortunate to work on some great brands with some really great people who gave me enough rope to go and kind of do my own thing. And, you know, I learned a lot along the way about what works and kind of what doesn't work, you know, and I would say, trust your gut because you really have to have an embrace change mentality, but also an innovation mentality. I think that's the part, the innovation piece has set me apart and you've got to come up with new ideas and try new things because that's what people want now more than ever. We talk about people embracing experiences over material goods, a lot of which because they can share them on Instagram, right? Or they can share them on Snapchat or Facebook. And so I think that you need to create new experiences for your, for your brand and try new things. Don't ever be afraid to try new things. It was interesting. I, I'm on the board of the A&A and we were at a meeting and someone stood up and they were a, a media provider and they said, we have a bunch of tests, but they never go anywhere. Or, and that they felt like many CMOs were afraid to try something new. And I just, I found that fascinating because the CMO job is one of the most fragile jobs um, in the corporate world. I mean, when things go south, the first thing a CEO does, it seems like, is get rid of the CMO. So to, to be afraid to try new things to better your brand just seems like the opposite of what you need to be doing because a lot of what got you to the party today isn't going to get you to the party tomorrow. So I think that you try to put as many small irons in the fire as you can and to see what works. And then you pour the gas to the things that work and you pivot away from the things that don't. And if you're not putting a bunch of different things, when, when we first got here at Chipotle, I bet we tried 15 different things and we just were, hey, I'll, I'll work with these guys. Let's try this. Let's try these things. And so don't be afraid to try things. And you'll learn from the struggles more probably than you'll learn from the successes because you'll dive deep into those. Understand why it didn't work. Fail small. And it really isn't failure if you learn something, but, but you have to have a lot of different things you want to try. And they're not all going to work, but you don't need them all to work. You just need a couple of key ones to work. I think that that's the biggest thing. Just be embraced. Try new things. The other part is I would say you got to treat everybody nicely and you have to treat everybody well. 
one of the informal titles I got at Taco Bell that I'm most proud of, of people call me the people CMO. <laughs> and I couldn't have been more proud of that because just because you have a big title doesn't mean you have to be a jerk or doesn't mean you have to be aloof. And I think you'll learn more from people. And you got to let you got to let the junior people run a little bit and give them some rope. You know, if it seems like a good idea and it doesn't cost a lot of money, let them do it. And I think that brands that experiment like that, people identify with more because you're going to appeal to a much broader range of folks. And so I would just encourage everybody, even in your, and the other part is if you are going to be an innovator, it's not something you can just turn on and off. Like we would have, let's have an innovation meeting. No, you got to innovate all the time and you have to put your mind in a place where it's constantly looking for new things. And that means embracing new ideas. I always tell people, look, I will try anything with somebody who's passionate about it, whether it's archery or tiddlywinks or whatever, I'm happy to go do it with you if you're passionate about it because that passion runs, rubs off. You realize there's a lot of skill a lot involved in these little things because innovation in a lot of ways is about connecting the dots and saying, oh, well, here's, here's what they do over here. How does this apply to a completely different field or what can we learn from that? So you have to be in a constant learning mode and you have to be trying new things and getting yourself out of your own box. Don't park in the same place every day. Don't drive to work the same way every day. You'll notice more things and hopefully you'll connect more dots and that will help you be an innovator every day, not just on the two meetings a year where we're going to come up with some new ideas because that really doesn't work. It's like good ideas can and should come from everywhere and they can and should come at any time. I have plenty of nights where I wake up at two in the morning and I got to write down a bunch of stuff because I'll forget it by the time the next day rolls around. So you got to get your, your mind in that mode all the time, not just a couple times a year, because innovation will save you. Because ideas separate you from everybody else, ideas differentiate you, and ideas win. And you just have to create an environment, and you have to create an environment within yourself to embrace those new ideas and try different things. Okay, so how timely. We're right before the Super Bowl. And I wrote something down when we talked a couple months ago, and it's so fitting for what you just said. And if it didn't come from you, now's your chance to disclaim that. But otherwise, I'm going to say forevermore, Chris Brandt said, he said, celebrate not just the touchdowns, but the first downs. Yeah, I think that that's really important. So if you're going to create an innovative culture at your company, you can't, you, you have to celebrate, one, the little successes, but you also have to celebrate the failures. And I think you have to set the tone as the leader. One of the first things I've tried to do at a place is find something that had good intentions, but for whatever reason didn't work out and give that person an award. Yum has a huge recognition culture was started by David Novak and it really works because who doesn't deserve a thank you? I think that even having small little awards and things, but standing up in front of everybody and saying, you know what, XYZ didn't work out, but here's what we learned. And man, I thought it was a good idea going in and that's okay. And all of a sudden then it takes the stigma away from something that didn't work out and gives people more courage to do it. And you have to model that behavior. But then the other part is a lot of projects can take, I'd like to say faster than a year, but you know, there's a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of capital that has to be invested and you have to wait for that. And you have to make molds and all that stuff. You got to celebrate the successes along the way. Cause there's a lot of little successes along the way that keep the momentum for that project going. And I think that's the part of celebrating the first downs, not the touchdowns, but I also, you have to celebrate some of the things that didn't work out because an in innovation is an inexact science. 
and you just got to be doing multiple things. I always talk about innovation as, you know, well, I used to play soccer a lot and you got to shoot. You can't score if you don't shoot. And if you shoot, a variety of good things can happen. You can get a deflection that might go in the goal. You might get a corner kick. You might get a goal, right? You might get a, a penalty shot. I mean, who knows? And a lot of good things can happen, but you got to shoot. So you got to have a number of things that are shots that you take. And hopefully a few of them go in and then you'll look like a hero. I love it. I love it. Reminds me of Denise Carcos and I talking uh, almost a year ago now about soccer and how many business parallels there are in that. And new Nutella's, for, by the way, as well. We should all create a soccer team. I'm thinking we should. Um, well, now I've mixed football and soccer and everything else. So welcome to Chris's world. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. So, Chris, I'm sorry we are out of time. I have one last question for you, though, before I can let you go. If you were not doing what you're doing right now, what would you do? Man, that's a good question. Um, from, a, from a work standpoint? No, nope. money and talent are no object. It can be anything in the world. Where's your passion? What would you be doing? Oh, I'd probably travel around um, quite a few places with my wife. I'm lucky enough to get to marry my best friend. And um, we've been a lot of different places. But I think I like a lot of different experiences. I like to see a lot of different things. And so I think we would probably just be vagabonds and travel around. I mean, I, I, it was funny. My kids were saying something the other day about, you know, when we have kids, we come visit your house. My wife's like, mm, we may not have a house. We might live on a boat. <laughs> so who knows where we, so they were, so they were like, well, what happens to our room? And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> so I think that, um, I, I think, I certainly think that that's what we would do. I, I enjoy spending time with my family. We enjoy traveling. I'm sure that's exactly what we do, but I got to tell you this Chipotle job is, um, it's, well, certainly one of the best ones I've ever had. Um, it's an exciting time to be here on this brand. I feel like we are the good guys and we're supposed to win. So um, we should go out and win. I love it. Well, I'm wishing you all the luck in the world, although there's a lot of skill there that I'm sure you're going to accomplish your goals. And you'll have to keep us posted when you go on that around the world voyage of yours and send postcards. Oh. Well, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Chris. Have a terrific day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey there. Are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.